you have a lot of facts to share? Not really facts, because, but there are some facts. Interesting tidbits? Yeah. Yeah? I literally have like three sentences written down aside from my spreadsheet <laughs> that I made. All right. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Trailer Trash or Treasure. My name is Brittany, and I'm here with... Manny, the one and only. The Mr. Manny. Yeah. <laughs> Monsieur Manny. Monsieur. Uh, and today we're going to be talking about the film Joker and the trailer that came out before it. That's right. It's a principal trailer that dropped, uh, I think, way back in, I'd like to say, April of 2019. April. So that was six months before the release? Yeah. The first trailer came out? I believe so. And it was one of three trailers that were released. Yeah. And I am painfully aware of that because I started analyzing the third trailer for the film. Uh, even though I knew we were supposed to do the first one, I did not think to actually check out which trailer was which. So <laughs> I'm knowledgeable about the first trailer and the third trailer now. Which made it nice and confusing watching the film because you you thought every spot was probably part of part of the trailer <laughs> well one thing that was interesting i think and it kind of piqued my curiosity was how similar the two trailers were how there were countless scenes in the film and the trailers were showing similar well the same scenes but with different shots and different imagery but still hinting at the same thing that was happening in the film well i, I disagree a little bit i i thought that the first trailer really focused a little bit more on on who we were going to meet and then his descent into into uh, the darker Joker character while I felt that the final trailer focused a lot more on post-transformation despite using some of the similar imagery. Mm -hmm. But I think that they still use a lot of the same scenes well, to I'm, convey the same thing. Yeah, what I'm, what I'm saying is that it had different motives. Introdu introduction of the character versus um, just getting you amped up to see the Joker. Mm-hmm. Or their version of it. Cool. So what do you have to share? <laughs> uh, so Joker was released in 2019 on October 2nd from, of course, Warner Brothers Pictures. Uh, directed by Todd Phillips. Written also by Todd Phillips and Scott Silver. And uh, produced by Todd Phillips. Again, he had, I mean, this was his film. Emma Tillinger Kossoff and Bradley Cooper. Mm. Yeah, he played an instrumental role in post-production because uh, a lot of this movie was so, uh, I guess you could say ad-libbed and so, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, well, when they improvise, improvise mm -hmm. on the spot, they had too many shots. Mm -hmm. And while a shot may work better for a specific scene, they started noticing that if they went down that slippery slope, they can have a, a movie that was not not very cohesive mm -hmm. because it, start, it starts going all over the place. Luckily, that's why they would they would bring in Bradley Cooper every every now and then to to tighten it up and to uh, question certain aspects of it and and just to make sure that that it all it all came together. Uh, this is the same Todd Phillips, by the way, that wrote and directed all of the Hangover films, Due Date, Old School, and Road Trip. Mm. And and for him to to come in and make a film like this, that is inspired by the joker and not based on the character i, I thought it was i thought it he did a phenomenal job 
Mm-hmm. Well, those other names that you listed for those other films that he worked on, it's not that they were bad films. It's just that they're totally different genres. Yes. And his storytelling was still thorough and enjoyable and um, I would say appeared well on the screen uh, in those other genres. So it makes sense of why this film was successful. It's just I think different genres appeal to different a different audience. So the, the way people approach it and critique it, of course, is going to be different according to the genre that you're writing in. It's just nice to see when when directors can hop over from genre to genre mm-hmm. and still be successful, mm-hmm. and in this case, wildly successful because uh, it it uh, it's something that even the uh, Warner Brothers didn't believe in, uh, to, to say the least. It was given a fifty five million dollar budget, which was actually meant uh, meant to deter uh, Phillips from making the film. Mm-hmm. Uh, comic book movies. If you want to call them that, tend to be bigger productions. They they have bigger set pieces. They have they have a lot more action sequences and things like that and star power. Uh, so they were they thought that a fifty five million dollar budget was was not going to be enough for him. He that he wasn't going to want to proceed with the film. Uh, they were also afraid of the darker tone of the film, which was something that they were having issues with already with. Uh, Zack Snyder and some of the films he had already made. Mm-hmm. And then also uh, there's a reported rumored pushback from Jared Leto who had already portrayed a, a next mm-hmm. in line Joker in mm-hmm. 2016 Suicide Squad which wasn't well received. Uh, so he he didn't necessarily want the film to be made. He thought he would have the, the opportunity mm-hmm. to continue. That of course is disputed by his camp but at the same time... By it, his camp? What do you mean? Yeah, by his people. Oh, okay. Uh, so... Little did they know is that Phillips wasn't making a DC Joker movie. Mm-hmm. He was making a movie inspired by the character mm-hmm. using some of the inspirations of some of his favorite films like Taxi Driver, Kings of Comedy, mm-hmm. and, and, and films like that. Uh, so when it premiered finally at the, at the 76th Venice International Film Festival in August of 2019, it surprised everyone. It received an eight-minute standing ovation, mm-hmm. and it won the highest award possible at, at that uh, film festival, the Golden Lion, and then went on to do record number box office numbers, which which ended up being worldwide $1.74 billion for a rated R film, which had never happened, number one. The closest that other film that had gotten that close was um, Deadpool 2. And that was, I think, somewhere between, somewhere around the seven hundred and fifty million. Mm. Uh, so that was that was uh, quite the feat. But really interesting enough in the numbers is that only thirty one percent of that was U.S. numbers, mm. U.S. money. Is sixty eight point eight percent was international money. And uh, another thing that made that feat more incredible is that the film was not released in China one of the biggest mar- international markets. So do you know where what percentages other countries had with that 68% or is it just out uh, of US there's no other breakdown for that? No, there's breakdowns for everything, but I wasn't going to go you into don't have all it. the specifics. Okay, cuz I'm curious cuz I'm sure there's a dominant one. There I mean of that 68%. I'm really curious. Probably, but it seemed like worldwide the, the film was was really embraced as a work of art and then also with with the the dangling carrot of it being a DC character that that's mm-hmm. beloved, uh, and the reason why it wasn't screened in China was because they were already having issues with Hong Kong. They thought a film like this would further fuel the uprise, make things worse for them. So mm-hmm. they decided that it was banned. What well, makes sense? Uh, which 
like going back to what you said about um, them giving them a $55 million budget, like there was a risky opportunity because of how dark the film is. This film is so dark and yeah. so troubling and, and it's something that'll stay with you for days after you watch it that it makes sense why they were hesitant to put that on people because it's not a positive, happy experience by any means. No, but I feel like it was a conversation that, that uh, especially in the United States, when it comes to mental illness and the way that state, cities, nation, nation nationally, it is sometimes ignored and, and not helped out the right way. Absolutely. It, it's something that I, I can at least spark a conversation like that because th- this poor guy in the film, all at one point, was just asking, well, where am I supposed to go? Who am I supposed to talk to? And and you kind of you start wondering if he would have got the right help, where you know what would his path have been? Is it the same thing? Mm-hmm. Well, or no, is it absolutely. A little bit different. Because I watched this movie before I had somebody in my family that had mental health issues, and I watched it beforehand, and it was troubling then. But watching it now, it hit me at a totally different level because I have loved ones who need those resources and they don't have them. And and I and I believe that most of us in one way or another need to talk to somebody. Mm-hmm. And it's and it's uh and it's something that I think is is now being destigmatized de- de- as something healthy to do is to seek out a conversation. It's not it's not that there's something necessarily wrong with you. It's just that the world sucks sometimes, mm-hmm. and and you need to decompress in that way. Uh, so, uh, moving back to the film uh, specifically in 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 accolades. Uh, so 1.7 billion dollars is nothing to sneeze at, obviously, because of how well it did. Uh, and because of that, it, it won quite a few awards. Um, it had at the 92nd Academy Awards that following year, it had 11 nominations, which led the way. And it ended up winning Joaquin Phoenix Best Actor and then also orig- Best Original Score by uh, Hildur. I don't know how to pronounce her last name. Go on, Dior. There's dots in it. And there's accents in it. You got so it. So I apologize. Uh, they also won the same awards at the Golden Globes and the British Academy Film Awards. It did not win Best Film or Best Director because another movie won that. <laughs> and I cannot dispute that that movie wasn't just as good, if not better. Parasite, right? Parasite. Yes. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so many. Oh, that, that year was great for film. It, I think, it, it didn't was. Didn't Hereditary come out in that year? Or was I, that Midsummer? Uh, it was Midsummer. Okay. I think yeah. Hereditary was first. Okay. But yeah, there, there's, there were just, it was jam-packed. So, but for him to win Best Actor that year mm-hmm. is amazing, especially for, for a character like that. Because you, you when you first look at it, you think that the Academy is going to look at it as a comic book film mm-hmm. and maybe dock it points that way. But once you watch the film and, and you see the, the kind of artistry and the imagery that's there, uh, you, you you find out that it's it's a, it's a lot more than that. Mm-hmm. And I need to correct myself. It was the lighthouse that came out. There. Oh, it was lighthouse. Yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. that was that was a weird one too. <laughs> yes. Also, uh, uh, I just um just kind of as a DC fan for me, it was very nice to see this because, uh, kind of uh, I, I guess, talking point. This is the second time an actor portraying the Joker has won an Academy Award. Mm-hmm. First one, of course, was the late Heath Ledger, who won Best Supporting Actor in 2008 mm-hmm. for The Dark Knight. Mm-hmm. So th- their take on the characters ha- have have uh, have g- have been noticed, and, and there's yes. no no other comic book character that has, has been able to do that. Um, the other thing I will, uh, that's uh, Im- 
not really important, but just fun to note about the trailer and then the film is that the, the trailer is set to Jimmy Durante's version of the song Smile, which uh, originally appeared on the instrumental track in 1936's Charlie Chaplin's Modern Times. So you said it's inspired by that or what? No, it, it, so the original song was an instrumental track that was part of the movie because it was their silent films. Mm-hmm. Uh, then in uh, 1954, uh, lyrics were added by uh, John Turned and Jeffrey Parsons. And more than likely, the version you've heard, though, is by Nat King Cole, which is the which is the version that that actually was popular. But then it was picked up by uh, Jimmy uh, Durante and he did his version of the song, which is the one that made it in the film. And it's and it's interesting to note that because in the film, when they are at the gala, the a fundraiser, mm-hmm. they're watching Modern Times. <laughs> mm-hmm. That That's the that's mm-hmm. the silent Charlie Chaplin Charlie film Chaplin. that they're watching. Yeah. And it's also the song that. Uh, begins to play uh, right at the end of his transformation when he's coming down the stairs. Yes. So, uh, good, um, good use of of a, I guess like a like a feature song, I guess if you want to call it. Mm-hmm. Well, it's like relevant through like similar themes, I guess you would call it. Because that's, that's that right. movie that you're watching earlier today, right? No, that was a si- that was another silent film, which was oh, okay. the actual J- Joker character based off of. Um, the man who laughs which was in the same vein back then as like the phantom of the opera wolfman mm-hmm. all those long cheney films uh, this inspired bob kane B- bill finger and jerry robinson to create the character who wasn't supposed to actually continue on he was actually killed off in the first issue and they decided no that's not the case and they brought him back mm-hmm. and uh, i mean many people including me would would agree that we've been lately oversaturated with the character and whether it's comics, TVs, movies, which character are you talking the about? The Joker. Okay, just making sure. <laughs> and it's and it seems to be that they I I feel and a lot of people feel like they need to put him away for a little while, mm-hmm. because he's great, he's fantastic, he's he's my favorite villain of all time. But Jesus Christ, we need to we need to well, move yeah. on. And I think like when you have actors that have done such a phenomenal job with portraying the character and making well for me like it makes me hurt for the character because of the how troubled they are. It's like, why would you want to compare anyone else to it? I remember when hearing about the Joker first coming out, this Joker uh, with Joaquin Phoenix, I remember thinking, I don't want to watch it because I will forever love the Heath Ledger version of Joker and nothing will ever touch it, especially after watching Suicide Squad. Uh, Because it was just like, I had hopes for that. Like, ooh, it's going to be exciting to see someone else try and portray that. And I did not enjoy it in any any way of the word. Um, so when I heard about Joker, of course, I love Joaquin Phoenix. I mean, this will be our second film talking about him uh, as an last. actor in it. Um, <laughs> and, but then I was... Now I can't imagine anything ever being as enjoyable as what already exists. Why would you try and create something that won't be even comparable that, that's that's the beauty of the character though and i think that's that's what makes the joker so versatile is that we've seen him already we've seen, jo- we've seen uh, romero do it in the 66 who gave mm-hmm. us that tv fun campy version we've seen kind of the gangster version with jack nicholson mm-hmm. 1989 uh and and then again we did it with heath ledger which was more of the kind of the anarchist and and the i mean just burn everything Mm-hmm. And it just makes it really difficult then for somebody else to come in. I, I think that despite Jared Leto being such a phenomenal actor, 
and I like him in so many other roles. He just, I, I it looks like in Suicide Squad, he he tried a little too hard, but it is important to note that what we saw from the Suicide Squad is not what David Ayer had intention mm-hmm. intended to show anyway. Mm-hmm. So it could be that we're wrong because the, what we got was out of context. Mm-hmm. So you know, it, it's it's really hard to judge. But you're right. Then you have Todd Phillips who comes in and he completely flips the script. He doesn't use the DC universe. He he set the movie in 1981 on purpose mm-hmm. so that it, if anyone at Warner Brothers got the idea to put them in the DCEU, it could not be his character because it would ab- absolutely make no sense. Mm-hmm. And that's the reason why Joaquin Phoenix also signed on because he realized that this was a standalone film that was more about the idea of the character and not the character itself. He did not want to be part of a grander universe where he believes that you look beyond the actor and beyond the character to a greater scope world um, where you're looking more at the event. Like, for example, the Avengers, you, you, you see them all, the characters, you're not necessarily focusing on a Tony Stark, Iron Man and his character development. You're, you're, you're always thinking about, about the 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 bigger picture uh which is which is fine because it's entertaining and then there was i mean endgame had a great payoff but that's not that's not the kind of acting that joaquin phoenix wants to do you can't deep dive specifically on any of these characters because there's so much else you got to put in it Mm -hmm. joker was two hours of uh intensity Mm -hmm. (laughs) from start to finish heart-wrenching yeah and you and I made sure to both establish before we watched the film that Joker is not related to the lore of the DC universe at all. It's it's not, uh, and which actually made me a little disappointed when when Phillips did uh, decide to include the the scene at the end. Oh, with the shooting with with the shooting of mm-hmm. of Bruce's parents because it it, it dangled an unnecessary carrot that you didn't i didn't feel like it was at all necessary it made me laugh the first time i saw it i i was i was upset with it because the the rest of it is so phenomenal on its own why why are you turning my attention to bruce wayne again yeah it and, it kind of made me like not saying that it's like a, something it's not wrong and it didn't ruin the film or anything but it like you said it put my attention on something that was almost comical to see it in this piece of art i was like what is that doing here you i had this certain emotion and feeling and mood afterwards and then seeing that i giggled and it totally like interrupted everything that was going on like like i didn't mind the inclusion of thomas wayne and 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 what he was doing Mm -hmm. and and uh and also not even the scene with with bruce where, where they're at the gate because in context they do exist in the same world but it's not the world where where we get where we get a batman or something mm-hmm. and by having that scene at the end it it, it was um it kind of implied that you know oh, bruce is gonna grow up mm-hmm. and he's gonna he's gonna put on the the cowl mm-hmm. uh but it, it just wasn't necessary they, they could have just skipped over to the scene where he says you wouldn't get it anyway mm-hmm. that was he's, he's it almost because you and I talk about this a lot, like flashbacks and how they're almost an insult to the viewer for like right. in case you don't remember. I feel like the I remember when when Joker first meets the the boy and his name is Bruce. Like I remember, like I got that I got the connection when I saw 
their names. Like I knew when Penny was talking about this man and how it was mm-hmm. uh, Happy's dad, you know, like I got the connection. But at the end when it was like, oh, now we're going to shoot his parents. I was like, okay, okay, I got it. You don't have to take it that far. <laughs> but they went ahead and took it there for me. Yeah, it, it's uh, that that's the only thing. And then other than that, uh, the civil uprising and everything and, and how he disconnected from it himself he's like I, no this is about my life i don't i don't know about what these people are doing mm-hmm. that was that was nice um and just, just kind of keeping it a, a tight crew with not too many characters or things like that mm-hmm. i i thought was was well it mm-hmm. just it was just joaquin phoenix just being his best damn self mm-hmm. and i have some comments trying, on that too once we get to talking about the trailer well let's do that because i think i've rambled enough about <laughs> A lot. Well, once you start talking about anything comic book related, you just go, 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 go. There's no stopping you. Well, it's easy. Like a freight train. Yeah, I don't have. I don't need notes for that. It's just, it's just muscle memory. (laughs) Muscle memory. Is it from your from talking so much about it? Is that what it is? Oh yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Week to week to week, hours and hours on end at the comic stores. Uh, so uh, we're going to talk about the trailer and kind of compare that to the film and uh, how it, talk about how it represents the film and how effective that is. Uh, the process that we kind of go through for that, we watch the trailer over and over and over and over again a couple of times. Uh, we like to break it down scene by scene by scene and kind of look at what element, what parts of the film are we actually seeing, what is going on here. And then we sit and watch the movie and look at where are these different snippets showing up in the film is it chronological, not chronological? What part of the film is it coming from? Uh, to kind of see what are we actually seeing in the trailer. Because there's always your gut reaction to a trailer. Trailers are meant to get you hyped, of course. But we like to look at it a little bit closer. Yeah, absolutely. So, all of the clips that we saw in uh, the trailer are included in the film. There was one thing that I didn't bring up to you yet. Uh, but one clip that I did not see in the film was when uh, Arthur is going to the gala where um, they're watching the film. Mm-hmm. There's a clip in the trailer of him falling down the stairs and like rolling oh. down the red carpet. And that was not included in the film. You're right. It just jumped straight to him sneaking in. Yeah. Well, I think he would have been kicked out. So it would have happened afterwards that he got punched in the face, maybe. I don't know. I wasn't sure. Like maybe he tried to get in and he wasn't able to, or like you said, after he got knocked out or punched, uh, him leaving perhaps could have been when it was. But I don't remember mm-hmm. seeing that. You're right. I did. I did film. not. I did not see that in the film either. Okay, I'm glad. I was like, did I miss it? I didn't fall asleep during this. Is it right? <laughs> so that's the only thing that uh, I didn't see. Uh, one other thing that I want to talk about with this trailer that I think was very well done. We saw it in our previous episode. We talked about it with signs of uh, laying audio on top of uh, the visual um, images that we're seeing, uh, even though they don't happen in the same scene together. So there was um, a couple of instances of that in the film. Like, for example, when he says, my mother always told me to smile and put on a happy face. That audio was played during uh us seeing him in the kitchen eating by himself not eating writing in his journal by Mm -hmm. himself even though that happened a little bit later in the film there's a couple instances of that and i just really like it when trailers do that because they're providing information about the film without taking the time like of course that's your strategy of course when you're making a trailer is how do we convey the message without um taking up too much time while still fitting into our two minutes and 15 seconds that we have 
Yeah, absolutely. It it uh, it really set the tone to kind of kind of the everyday man where he you know he grew up with the obviously a mother. And I know it's kind of general, but it 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 kind of puts him on the level playing field as, as the rest of us. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be easier easier to connect. So yeah, I can I can see why that that worked out really really well. Mm-hmm. And then the, the other instance of that, I mean, there was a couple, but two that really stood out to me was in the trailer they show the clip of him doing a stand up show at mm-hmm. the clubhouse or at the comedy house, and uh, the audio that plays over that is that I used to think my life was a tra- tragedy, but now I realize it's a comedy. And that audio doesn't show up until much later in the film, right. but they play that over that, and I think it just makes it hit a little different <laughs> in that moment. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Because uh, because you'd think that maybe it's part of his, his his jokes, and he if you if you in the film he has similar jokes to that, uh, where he where he states that he, you know everybody laughed at him because they he said he wanted to be a comedian, and then and then he the punchline is no one's laughing now, mm-hmm. and it's something that's actually fairly dominant in the film because mm-hmm. it's the same clip that then Murray plays uh, played by Robert De Niro. Uh, and it gets him on the show. Mm-hmm. And that's a very, very integral part of the film. Yeah, and that's actually a clip that's used in the third trailer as well. So one thing I really appreciated about the trailer was it, the first and foremost, it, it set up the idea that this is, not a, this is not a DC movie. This is not a DCEU movie. This is a character-driven story. It focused so hard on Arthur Fleck, not on, on the quote-unquote Joker on his trauma and what he was going for. One of the first things we see is not only in the film, but in the trailer, getting beat up by a group of kids with him just trying to do his job. And then we see we see a little bit of his relationship with his mom. And and then, I mean, just trying to be a comedian and just being attacked again at the on the subway mm-hmm. and it was actually after we see the clown segment then we see him going to the mental hospital yes that too yeah and that's when you see the thrashing man uh, that's tied to the bed and then like you said you see more about um and that unsettling moment when this man is just losing his mind and he doesn't even flinch mm-hmm. meaning what is going what has he been going through that this is this is normal for him mm-hmm. and in a sense conveying that emotion mm-hmm. uh, i thought that was great and then uh, you mentioned this while watching the film is that how unsettling Joaquin Phoenix's body is during the, during That's the film. That's exactly what I was thinking about right and now. And what is the fr- one of the first things you see when you see him right at, right after one of those in a couple of scenes actually you see him without a shirt. You see mm-hmm. you see kind of the the almost decrepit state of of Arthur Fleck and and mm-hmm. what and what he looks like physically mm-hmm. almost almost a parallel of what he's feeling inside. Mm-hmm. Uh, that I think one of the creepiest scenes is when he's when he's I don't know he's trying to stretch or fix his shoe and you just see his back yes and because because it curves and in the sound so, yeah. and then the way his arm comes out too, yeah it just right. doesn't look human yeah and that's just a glimpse into what you see throughout the film and it's just absolutely unsettling but I I think that speaks volumes I mean I applaud Joaquin Phoenix I don't know how he does that but to how powerful the imagery of that of his body mm-hmm. by itself how powerful that is it's unsettling absolutely so yeah we we get to like i said we get to see so much of arthur fleck and then be, because the thing the thing about joker is there's nothing there's not there's not a surprise in it we know we know what's going to happen from from the moment we we hear this is going to be a joker story we know where this ends up one way or another 
it's now it's going to be now it's up to Todd Phillips and Joaquin Phoenix and the rest of the cast to to take us on that journey for us to care Mm -hmm. because we we know we know where we're going it's just how are we going to get there Mm -hmm. are we going to are we going to take you know the the highway the fast lane or are we going to be behind a truck a whole time Mm -hmm. uh which road are we taking and i and i think this lays the foundation to letting us know that we're we're going to get to know him we're going to get to meet the people in his life one way or another and and what he's going through and the reason why this transformation happens uh so it 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 does a good job at teasing that Mm -hmm. for us and and if you were to compare it fast lane slow lane like behind the truck the way that this film makes me feel, me feel I'm behind that truck and I am holding on to the back of it and dragging my feet on the floor because it's just so uncomfortable and unpleasant and not enjoyable at all. I mean, it's art, so of course it's enjoyable, but the way it makes me feel is torture. It, yeah, and, and mm-hmm. it as well it should be. What is going to take, what's it going to take for a man to have to, to have to lose his mind in that way? Mm-hmm. And, scary. and throughout the film, we see that. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, how like there's horror films and it's like, oh, it's gross. It's scary. Like slasher. Ah, scary. This is scary because it's possible. Yeah, that that's actually that's very, very true. And it's happening. The, the, yeah. The, the state of of people to, uh, and their feeling towards the rich, uh, the state of like we just talked about uh, how 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 important some some parts of, of our country pays attention to mental health. Uh, this you know the, and just the state of, of people the way they treat other people mm-hmm. it, it's it's all wrong and then so what so when you see something like this it's uncomfortable because maybe you've even been a part you've been a part of it somehow you you've experienced it so to to see it and to see it at such extreme level you think you know what that that could be me or that is so and so i know mm-hmm. or that can be a whole community and and that's what makes it super unsettling and you and that's that's the way you convey messages like that through mm-hmm. art through films mm-hmm. like this yeah absolutely so i'll jump over to talking about so looking at all the clips from the trailer um sometimes there's some like more chronological flow to it but when it comes to this film uh the the little snippets from the film are put all in and out of order uh even when it comes to just like still shots of the city like uh for example the very first shot that you see in that first trailer uh we don't see that until the the second third of the film more in the second half of it uh and it's just like this the shots are kind of woven in and out of the trailer to tell the story that it tells and um there's no uh, there's not a the 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 clips show up throughout the film it's not Mm -hmm. like it's predominantly the clips from the beginning of the movie or clips from the middle of the movie we're getting pretty much the same amount throughout the entire thing right i will say like the last 10 minutes of the film there aren't very much because we have two clips from the last 10 minutes of the film and the message is conveyed of what's going well Mm -hmm. enough to have a taste of what's going on without knowing all the details Right. I will say the other trailers definitely reveal a little bit more than what the first one does. Yeah, so that's that's I think the biggest difference between the two trailers is that this one, uh, like you said, it, it does show a lot. There, it, it jumps up around, but it it sets up Arthur Fleck as a character. While I felt like the final trailer focused a lot more on the post transformation of of uh, Joker, so they were just shown in a different light to um, put together a little bit differently. As much uh, as you can in two minutes. Right. Uh, so what I really appreciated about this trailer 
and the movie. I don't know if you caught this, but in the beginning of the film, before before he has his his rude awakening, uh, what we, what do you count as his rude awakening? Uh, well, his his um, his awesome scene in, in the bathroom where he decided oh, yes. we kind of almost almost as like, almost like a coming out, mm-hmm. like it it was almost it's his epiphany, right? Mm-hmm. You know, killing those those three guys was catalyst. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, we we see him going upstairs. We see him tra- going upwards. We see him struggling to, to try to make it up. If, if you notice the first parts of the movie, he's he's walking up those stairs. No, he's also shown going downstairs. Not not as I'm talking about the the Brooklyn stairs. Uh, the, oh, okay. The, um, so you're talking about when he first leaves the mental hospital. I'm talking I'm talking about the the stairs to almost, I think there too is a uh, leading to his apartment building where he is. There's there's a giant staircase. Mm-hmm. The first time he goes up, that's after he leaves talking to a social worker. The first time, right? So he's he's going he's he's struggling upward, mm-hmm. upward, upward mm-hmm. the whole time. Near the end of it is is when we finally see him coming down those stairs and in almost a triumphant fashion, and a light almost there's a lightness to oh, him the in the way he's dancing and mm-hmm. things like that. Mm-hmm. And it's and it's conveyed the same way in this trailer where they show him struggling in a darker tone going up those stairs, and then near the end of the trailer where he's the Joker again coming down those stairs but mm-hmm. again da- um showing off some of the some of the dancing and and, and the freedom now he mm-hmm. feels as a joker we're talking like three seconds of him going up the stairs and maybe a second and a half of him going down it it ha- they show him going up a few more times during the film um, it, they show him going mm-hmm. down too do you remember when he got fired when he got fired when he gets fired from his job as a clown yeah and he's what he, he's leaving and there's a really long, dramatic scene of him walking down that staircase, and he scribbles out the "Don't forget to smile." Oh, that, that's his job, though. That's yeah, but it's job. still yeah. a staircase. The staircases are definitely a mm-hmm. symbol in the film, yeah. and it's kind of. I feel like he was, you know, like you said, he was going up that staircase to his apartment building, you know, doing the fight, doing the fight, doing the fight. But once he got fired, he walked down the stairs. Oh yeah, okay. You know, yeah. like it uh-huh. was, and then mm-hmm. also, when else did he walk down the stairs? When he was escaping the detectives. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's just so it's just interesting. Whenever we see those down the stairs moments, you're like, oh, something's about to happen. And yeah. then he comes back, though, at the same time. So down the stairs with the detectives and then down, which was when he went onto the show shortly after. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And then that was uh, that was one hell of a scene. So, <laughs> yeah, great, great job of imagery there. And mm-hmm. and then I was, I was really going through this trailer to see what what does it give away? Mm-hmm. Um and I'm telling you, it doesn't seem to give away much. Like I said, it's a very, it's, it's a, we know where we're going. It's not like this is an M. Nalite, M. Nalite, an M. Night Shyamalan <laughs> film where we don't know what the twist is going to be. Or we know, Christopher Nolan. yeah, we know where we're going. So mm-hmm. we, we see his close relationship with his mom based on the fact that he bathes her mm-hmm. and he's dancing with her. Mm-hmm. So we know there's a tight relationship there. Mm-hmm. We know that there's an inward struggle with himself on, on, on just dealing with his mental health, just mm-hmm. based off of the scenes where he's clenching his knees mm-hmm. when he and when he's trying to fix his shoes, trying to do his comedy, and then we see we see the what the world sees him as, getting beat up in, in a variety of different ways, and just some of the relationships that he he tries to have with uh, uh, Sophie, I believe her name is, mm-hmm. and but we don't we don't really know exactly what that's going to be. No. Uh, so and I will say because we do see him getting beat up as the clown uh, in the trailer it's brief you know just segments of it hmm. but of all of the tormenting things that happened to him that is probably the least 
Yeah. Actually. Of all of them. But it sets you up. You know, like, because that's unsettling to see. But if only you know what's in store. Oh, oh, yeah. Like, that is the least of his worries, honestly. He had it good when that was happening to him. It, yeah. When you really think about it and you're watching that movie, I think he'd take another beating rather than the news he finds out later. Exactly. Because he has to, he has to, he finds out about, about his mom kind of in the cruelest fashion through Thomas Wayne first. It's like, dude, no, she's, she's mm-hmm. nuts. You, yeah. you don't know what you're talking about. And then, and then finally, as, as he's, uh, as he goes to the, to, uh, the institution to, to get records. Uh, yeah. That's, that's really the gut punch. And, and then we really see him lose it then. So, but that, then that's when the opportunity comes to be on the Murray show. And, and he uh, for, he makes a plan of mm-hmm. what he's going to do. And even that is not set in stone and that changes. So uh, I think I think if anything, this this trailer, what it did was letting you know that this is not a comic book movie. Mm-hmm. And this is this is really a, a character driven film on Arthur Fleck, not necessarily even as as the Joker. Joker. No, it's it's it, the, this story could have been told with anybody as the main character this is this is true but what they did say also and i think uh joaquin phoenix said this during an interview is that without without the the name uh, the name Mm -hmm. the namesake without the the dc stamp on it do you really care about the story Mm -hmm. that's a a very interesting question i think because we're also familiar with the character even as uh, personally not being involved in the fandom of the dc Mm -hmm. universe very much i still have this empathy for that character and even though he's he's a villain he's i still feel bad for the guy so well you have you have empathy for what character for the this man one? that became Joker. Uh, so be- because that's one of the, that's one of the interesting things about the character is that he doesn't have an origin. Mm-hmm. So um, he even he even says it during one of the one of the famous lines is that um, when it comes w- when it comes to my origin, I pick multiple choice, and and, and that's you ne- you never know where it comes from. Well, I'd say because of. The experiences that I have had in life, I always look at the quote unquote bad guy and think, what in the world happened to you that made you get to where you are? Yeah. Like, so, some I think of them, that's just one of my, that's just something I do. I always look for the good in people. Right. So, and, and some of them have, have very, very tragic stories. Uh, one of the, one of the best ones I was ever conveyed was, uh, Mr. Freeze, who was a very lackluster villain who just froze people. Then Batman, the animated series came in and gave him a phenomenal backstory where all he's trying to do is save his wife. He tells Batman at one point, my quarrel is not with you. I'm just trying to bring her back. And if you get in my way, that's, that's where we have a problem. Mm-hmm. And obviously you can't do that. But, but then the Joker is, is a real wild card. And, it's, and I think that's why it's a, such a highly successful character because so many different well, writers gave... can, um, can take it and mold it the whatever way they mm-hmm. want. And they just keep certain features of him certain certain um i guess almost unpredictability of what he's going to do and you could fit it in i feel like this film justified him yeah it made him more respectable you're like oh okay dude keep it's okay we get it <laughs> <laughs> like even though that's not it at all but it's like it 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 rationalizes it in a way i, I have a feeling this this came out and people were ready not to like it yeah, and because of because of the bad run DC was having. Oh yeah, and then this came out and it was like, ooh, mm-hmm. ooh, Good yeah, this it. is, 
this is good mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh and and i'm ha- I'm, I'm glad I'm, I'm very happy for todd phillips and i'm very happy for joaquin phoenix for taking this role because originally what wb wanted was um martin scorsese to direct this film mm. with leonardo dicaprio as its star oh lord and uh martin scorsese got busy with um he was he was starting work on the Irishman, and Leo got busy. I forgot doing what, but they got neither of them. And then Todd Phillips, when he came in, he he had Joaquin Phoenix on his on on. He wrote this for him mm-hmm. specifically. It was it was him or, or bust. So, um, it's it's a it worked testament. out well. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And the the other thing that would have just made it just a little bit more artistic is that they wanted to originally shoot it I think, on seventy millimeter. But they had a fifty-five million dollar budget, so they mm-hmm. had to do digital. Yeah, uh, which I, I wonder is like, man, like I wonder what it would look because he wanted that that gritty late the early eighties feel, and, mm-hmm. and I I felt that they still got some of it, but not the not I guess in the the film quality that that um that they would have artistically wanted. But I mean, they they learned from it because they didn't believe in this movie and and it was their biggest hit. Yeah, it date. turned out great. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's so sad, but uh, yeah, that's that's really I think all I got. This this was a I remember watching this trailer a billion times and just being super excited uh, because of one being a fan of Joaquin Phoenix and what he had done, Signs, obviously Gladiator, and films like that, and then the village, the the village. I I guess <laughs> I I still haven't given it that second opportunity mm-hmm. that I need it's to coming. give it. It's coming, but. Uh, n- knowing that, knowing what kind of almost art we were gonna get here, I-, I I was ready for it. And and then also, Todd Phillips making sure for months and months, screaming to everyone, this is not a comic book movie. Do do not go in it and be disappointed. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, so that was that was very nice. So. Yeah. yeah. So let's jump into giving it some scores then. All right. What do we? What are we? So we have three categories that we look at. One category is the overall production quality of the trailer. So looking at the trailer as a trailer, does it look good? Does it sound good? Aesthetically, is it cohesive? Is it appealing? Okay. The second category is the integrity. How accurate is it of a? How accurate of a representation is it to the film? Is it actually representing the film and what it is? And then our third category is the revealing score. Does it reveal too much, not enough, or just the right amount? We're doing a little bit of a Goldilocks thing there with that one. A scale of one to five. And I'm going to let you choose the category and say your score first. Let's, what's, uh, let's go with the first category. The production quality overall. Uh, pr- production quality, uh, I mean, it's. I, I dare to say it's flawless as far as the trailer goes because of the fact that we get to meet Arthur Fleck the man and I like the fact that we do not actually see the the Joker quote unquote character until near the end because this is a film about the journey not necessarily about the the end result because we know like I said we know where we're going uh, and and so it it kind of showed us snippets left and right of of, of the situation that he found himself in and the and the people around him. So, so one to five. What do you give it? I have to give it a five. Okay. 
Yeah, so you rambled on about the things that I was going to say anyway. So I, I gave it a five as well. <laughs> All right, then you go on to the next topic. All right, the next topic, the integrity. Is it an accurate representation of the film? And since I know Mr. Manny over there is going to ramble on about it, I'll just say I give it a five. Go ahead, Manny, explain why. <laughs> <laughs> and well, it's, it's kind of the same points I already made. We, we, see, we see the struggle. We see everything he's going through. And and it's and it gets us, gets it ready, gets us ready for that the tone of the film, mm-hmm. and I mean Jesus, it it it's uh it's dark and and it's and it's so good in a bad way, uh that it 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 does the job. I think my favorite scene, one of my favorite scenes in the in the movie and in the trailer, not scenes, it's a moment, and it's actually in the middle of the trailer, but it's in the beginning of the movie is him putting on his makeup. And he's looking in the mirror, and he's forcing himself to smile, with the fingers in his yeah. mouth. Yeah, and and to and to where he when he pulls so hard that he just well he lets go, but his mouth just automatically mm-hmm. and then the one tear. The tear was there the whole time. Was it the whole? Okay, yeah. but it's but the, but the tears there. That's mm-hmm. what I'm saying. It's like one tear. Just mm-hmm. man, this guy, this this is the guy you get. You, he's broken, mm-hmm. and and and. and He's a clown, so yeah. I gotta give well, it. Well, kind of going off of what. Sorry, what you're saying. No, go you're no, gonna you're give fine. it a what? You're giving it five. Oh yeah, right? give it a five. Okay, <laughs> but I want to go back to the production quality too, is because one thing when I watch this is that the it's like obviously it's a drama, but there's different elements of different genres within it because there is those moments of like drama, but then there's also elements of you're so. Un- there's like a thriller element to it you're so unsettled like there's the like the, I don't want it's like like a psychological thriller horror kind of there's thing there's a little bit of horror in there yeah. it's scary yeah, that, that, it's realistic that's what it is so in the production quality of the trailer as a whole it's like I, I was thinking about giving it a four or five but I, the five is great because it's troubling it has all of those different types of genres within the trailer. It's just overall troubling. Yeah, when he shows up to see uh, um, Susie, uh, Susie, Sophie's apartment, that was horrible. Like in the I, film, I, I think yeah, mm-hmm. and I think it was sitting down this time when I really saw his body language. He's in yes. sitting down though he's touching things and stuff. It's like, yeah. whoa, or or and when. Go ahead. How she reacts to him yeah. too. Was, I was surprised by it the second time watching the film. Yeah. I was I was like I I know this. Why am I being scared right now? But and then whatever. the unfinished makeup when the guy shows up <sighs> uh, and with the and and then the un and then also that unknown moment where what is he gonna do with with his buddy? Mm-hmm. Uh, I forget his name. Me too. And then he couldn't reach. And then he can't reach. Like they Just, they put so many moments there where you know she can hit the fan. He's dead. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he has to, for number one, cross paths with him. Yeah. Then he has to. Uh-huh. Then he's dealing with the locked door. And then he's dealing with the fact that he has to go over to him to unlock the door. At every one of those moments, you're just like, oh, my God. Oh, no, is, he, gonna, is he going to? Oh, no, no, no. Gonna, oh, no, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> that scene alone is just. I mean, there's so many moments like this in that in the film, though. Yeah. It's so great. And, and so good production. What are we? What is the last one? Mm-hmm. Uh, last one is the reveal score. How much re- was revealed of the plot and characters, and was it necessary? <sighs> this is where I'm always troubled when it comes to trailers because I prefer, I would, I, in most instances, I would rather go into a film completely blind than knowing too much on accident. Right. So. I don't know. I feel like I could keep on watching these over and over and over again and still not know the score that I actually want to give it. Um, 
Do you know what score you're going to give it? Uh, the thing, the thing like we've talked about that makes this challenging is that we we kind of know the ending, mm-hmm. and so the question now becomes: Was too much revealed about the journey that that he that he's going to be going on? And based on I think the third act and a lot of the things he finds out that have nothing to do with him getting beat up on the subway or him getting beat up in an alley or his relationship or, or what he's, what's going on with his mom or even why he's the Joker. I, I think I have to give it a five. Mm-hmm. It is because there's, there isn't a bait and switch. There's not. Mm-hmm. It's just that, like you said earlier, the beat downs that he gets end up actually being the good days Mm -hmm. and the first beat down that he gets right yeah and then him not and then you not really knowing the why murray's so important to him i i think i think that it 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 didn't it didn't give away the movie i agree with you yeah and it sucks too because it doesn't suck i mean hell we picked two movies with great trailers but i was like are they gonna give everything fives because i know that i gave fives last time for signs what am I going to do? It's a good trailer. We actually gave we both gave it a 13 last 13? time. 13? Okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, I that's right. And I remember why now, but that's a whole other movie. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm also going to give it a five. And I'm not happy about it. <laughs> I'm not happy about it at all. But it revealed more about the beginning and then gave right. these little highlight hints. But the way that they reveal the end, you don't know that what you're seeing is something that's happening at the end. Right. You don't know that it's happening towards the climax and the resolution. You're given those little bits at the beginning of the trailer you have no idea what it is that you're seeing until much later on mm-hmm. or like for example when you see sophie in the diner in the trailer you have no idea that that's symbolic of the fact that he is delusional yep. later on and that it becomes more powerful at the end when you put all the pieces together they're giving you the puzzle pieces to this wonderful little jigsaw but you don't know what the photo actually is and I, that's why i, I have to give it a five so we both gave it 15s for this booger of a movie well, I mean, it's a, it's an Academy Award nominated mm. winner, and it makes sense. It so, makes sense why. Yeah, and um, I I know that there there have been many many talks about it, but I I hope they never make a sequel to this. I don't want one. I want to. Th- this is basically like a booger in my nose. I want to flick it on the wall and just let it just stay over there because I don't want it. It's in my head right now. I want <laughs> it away for a little bit. I feel like I feel like this th- this is a movie I could pull out every six months or so. And, okay. and just, I feel that way about the Lord of the Rings, not this one. Oh, I, I feel about it. well, because the thing is, it's 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 for me, it's DC, it's art, it's it's something that doesn't happen often with comic book movies. Mm. I can't really, I don't think there's another movie quite like it, where yeah. they where they take a comic book property like this and and turn it into something that that is that is then praised I at know. international film festivals and it's and impressive. <laughs> yeah, Academy I Awards. Agree. I agree. I think for me personally, it hits too close to home. I know that. that, that I can't watch now. this. I probably, I don't think if, unless it's like a social gathering of some kind, I don't think I'll ever watch this again. That's yeah. uh, and that's okay. It can, it can stay where it is. Real life <laughs> is scary enough as it is, I think. Real life is scary. And mm-hmm. unfortunately, movies like this remind you of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, that's what we think about the trailer and the film of the Joker. Uh, a lot of information. Thank you, Manny, for doing all your little, finding all the little tidbits, or rather just knowing all the little tidbits that you chose to share. So <laughs> yeah. thank you very much. 
and we will catch you on the next one. Take care. Say bye, meow. She's sleeping. Yeah, it's not going to happen. <laughs>